Hello, hello, and welcome back to Retrieving Sanity with your host, Liam Crow. Now, again, if you're wondering about the name change, well, it's because of our mascot, Liam the Crow. So, figured might as well give a little credit where credit is due. Thanks, Liam. Anyways, today's topic, let me, let me tell a little pirate pun, okay? Don't be mad. Trigger me timbers. Eh? Eh? Okay. Well, you might be going triggers. Yeah. Um, they're things that make you angry, right? Well, kind of, sort of, yeah. Kind of, sort of, no. We're going to be discussing triggers for addicts and alcoholics. And maybe just someone else that might fall in that line. So... What is a trigger? Well, it, by my definition, is an external stimuli that brings inner turmoil. Alright, so, inner turmoil, right? What all does that entail? What external stimuli count as triggers? And what do we do about triggers? Glad you asked all of those. I'll get right to it right now. All right. So what counts as an external trigger? Well, it could be anything from your job. You had a bad day and you just need to take the edge off, you know, or you could be hanging out in your old neighborhood, seeing your old friends. And next thing you know, you're back in a trap house, back in the liquor store. Back to another terrible morning, if you make it. Now, whenever I say it can be anything, it can literally be anything. A trigger is very individualized, again, much like all of recovery. It's just part of the game, because we're all people, and each one is uniquely different. So, one of the things that people don't seem to really understand is that a true addict or alcoholic will find anything to use as an excuse to use, to drink, what have you. But we can sit there, we can have a good day at work, and we'll tell ourselves, come on, you deserve it, it was a great day, come on, let's celebrate. And then the exact opposite, say you just got fired from your job. Well, of course that puts anyone in a bad mood, unless you were just waiting to quit and they did it for you. So. You could sit there and be like, damn, this really sucks. Life sucks. What do I do? Oh, I know. I'll go use. I'll go drink. That'll take care of everything until it doesn't. And that's part of the problem with triggers because they can be anything at any time. What I mean by this, whenever I say anything, remember, it can be good, bad, neutral, 
It could be because you simply exist or you're breathing. So you have to learn what to do with those triggers. And each trigger will spark a little something, but it's usually this weird form of nostalgia. By weird, I mean our brain will sit there and it will only highlight the good parts. And it also gets misconstrued with your early days of using, back whenever it was actually fun, back whenever it was actually fixing your problems, whenever it was making you feel good, feel great, any of those. But that's the thing, is that it highlights only the good aspects. Remember, we can only remember the pain from two weeks to a month if we're not working a program of recovery. So whenever you start recovery, you have to play that tape out, as they like to say. And what this means is to realize if you use, if you go drink, what's going to happen? You wanted to stop for a reason, right? You're tired. You were sick and tired of being sick and tired. So you decided to change. You took that paradoxical choice back and you're trying to better yourself. And while you're working on yourself consciously, there's a part of the subconscious that's Always yearning for more. Always. Well, until you hit a certain part in recovery. But remember, this little part is that addiction voice, the disease of choice, just trying to warm its way back in. And it helps whenever you have triggers because it's like its little pepper alley thing. Like, yeah, this just happened. You know what would be a really good idea if we went and got some booze or we went to go get some anything, literally. So whenever you come across triggers, you have to learn how to deal with them. You got to know what lies on the other side of the needle, syringe, other end of the bottle, if you even make it. The reason I say that is because since this disease is progressive, it grows with us. In fact, I think it outruns us. So whenever we stop, so whenever we stop and get our minds back on track, well, our body has a lot of healing to do and by a lot I mean there's probably a lot of irreversible consequences that your body has suffered and now that you're trying to get better your body is going to be going hey bud you know that uh feeling that you were ignoring for years hey it's still here and now it just hurts more 
and you're like, well, shit. That can be a trigger. Pain. Literally anything. Remember, this is a disease that is very cunning, baffling, and powerful. And it is relentless. It will not let up. The only way it ever lets up is by actively working recovery. And again, this looks different for everyone. Some people never knew what it was like to be alone. Some people never knew what solitude truly is. Whenever these people find it, maybe that's what they go to. And for them, it's not isolation. Maybe it's just them enjoying themselves for once. Not have to worry about what's going on around them. Who's doing what? You know? So, it's important to realize that these triggers will send some people into a panic. Some people will bend and buckle at it, and they have to avoid the trigger at all costs. It sucks, but that's the thing too. If you actively work and you actually dig, do some of the shadow work, do whatever you want to call it, the stuff that makes you feel uncomfortable, whenever you do these things, it now gives you room to grow. This growth is where the healing is at. For a lot of us, we had an inner child, an inner teenager, early adult that's hurt somewhere by something, and it's probably something stupid. Now, don't get me wrong, a lot of people have some really messed up things happen to them. But the thing is, you can't beat yourself up for having it had happen or being the reason why you decided to use in the first place. The reason why is because if it was justified and you were young, you're innocent. So innocent. And it's fucked up to have someone ruin you. Now, again, this isn't for everyone. This is for those that have seen hell and came back and they're still fighting. A lot of them, you probably won't ever know the full story. And that's okay. If they decide to share with you what happened, how it got to them, what they did to cope, support them. Do not belittle them. That right there is a trigger as well. Sitting there and being told, no, no, you're still a bad person. You're still an addict. You're still an alcoholic. See, this thinking right here, this verbiage, whenever it gets used on those in recovery, a lot of people will use that as an excuse, like everything else. But that line of thinking goes to, well, if they think I'm an addict or alcoholic still, and they treat me this way, I might as well go use and drink. That's, it's stupid, but it happens. 
And it's a very real thing. That's why we have to understand that a lot of the triggers can be other people. That's why support, community, fellowship is so important, especially in early recovery. It's important, but again, each person's walk in recovery is different. You can't compare an apple to an orange, whatever, and that's the thing. Each person is individualized, right? You're different than the person to your left, the person to your right, up, down, left, right, sideways, this way, that, except for maybe your twin, triplet, quadruplet, quintuplet. So, anyways, you know what I mean. Even those people are still different. They're still their own person. Whenever we deal with triggers that we cannot avoid, we have to sit there and figure out ways to walk through it. Now, this isn't easy. Remember, I just said you have to do the uncomfortable things. You have to do the things you don't want to do. That's the price of recovery. It's doing the shit you don't want to do. But the thing is, do you do that? Uncomfortable stuff that lasts for a little bit? Maybe look back at it and you're just like, ugh, cringe. Like, ugh. But then you can look back and you can laugh at it. Instead of sitting there going, oh shit, there goes five years, now what? I didn't expect this. If you played the tape out, maybe you would have seen it. Another saying that I've heard and was kind of taught early, early in recovery is keep your pain in your pocket. It is one of the best motivators because you know your rock bottoms. And remember how I said, again, two weeks to a month before our brain starts going, hey, it's okay. Just one more. Just one more. One hoorah. For whatever reason. And the thing is, is we can beat that. But we have to keep on our toes. For some people, it's going and doing new things all the time, meeting new people. Some people, they find a rhythm, a groove, they get in it, and they stay in it. But the thing about recovery is you're always pushing forward. I know it's not easy. Again, this is the price to pay for recovery. It is time and it is effort. If it were easy, everyone would be in recovery. Hell, a lot of sober people need to learn recovery, like the 12 steps and whatnot. Watch inclusive, not exclusive. And I also want to touch on that with a few interviews. But aside from that, if we look at triggers as nothing but a bad enemy, a negative vibe, whatever, we'll never really get to see what the positive aspects of those are. Remember, I see good in the bad, the ugly, the nasty, the great. There's always a little bit of beauty somewhere. And 
For the triggers, well, first of all, they're a motivator. They also show you where you need to improve or things you need to avoid. And again, for some people, they have to avoid all the time. For others, they can start easing into some things. But there are some things you should probably never do again, like use or drink in the first place. Easier said than done. Well, yes. Again, effort. I'm going to repeat myself a lot, okay? Effort. Effort, effort, effort. Effort. Like the little up. Like the letter F E R T. Fert. F. Ert. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> See, this is what happens whenever you can enjoy yourself again. Make yourself laugh. Be your own comedian. Even if you don't have a sense of humor, just sit there and go, huh. Well, that was silly. I don't know why I did that. And then try to chuckle just a little bit. You'll find that the triggers kind of just melt away. Well, not all the time. Again, sometimes there are people. And last I checked, only witches melt. No, and sugar. So, but you know, whatever. Wizard of Oz. Ta-da-da. So, with triggers, we have to be careful, but we have to be vigilant, too. We have to be aware of what's around us. We have to be aware of our thoughts. If you're not in touch with your own thoughts while you're in recovery, first, you won't play the tape out. Second of all, you'll forget the pain that brought you to where you are now. Third, you're going to lie to yourself. Well, maybe not you, but the disease of choice may just lie to you and say, hey, it's all right, just one more time. That's it. That's all I'm asking, just, just one. And if you're an addict or alcoholic, you know it's not just one. Never is, never has been. Maybe early, early on your usage, but after a certain point, we lost all control. So just one, some people think it's okay. It's a slippery slope and I wouldn't even call it a slope. I'd say it's like just free diving off of a cliff. Like it may take you a little bit to get to the bottom, but there's not a lot to really catch you. Maybe some tree branches along the way or another little ledge that just like reminds you, hey, if you don't stop, you're like going further. So, I mean, it's not my call to make for some people. For some people, they have to find out the hard way. And I'm afraid to say that I think a lot of people don't have a rock bottom. For those people, almost everything will trigger them forever. Remember how I said anything can be a trigger for someone. Anything. It can be a loved one passing, getting married, you can have a kid, you can sit there and get the dream job you've always wanted. And if it's convincing enough, you'll go use. But again, fellowship, community, and just reaching out. Be authentic with yourself. If you're going to save face, just 
to save face with people, at least tell yourself how you feel, how you really feel. And then from there, figure out what you need to do about it, how to act on it. Because this recovery is one step at a time. Sometimes you may hit stumbling blocks or triggers and you may just kind of halt for a moment or stumble, but you never really fall. And if you do, if you've created or restored bonds, hopefully those people will be there to pick you up. That's what's great about recovery. Everyone's in the same fight. We all have a common foe. And because of that, we know how difficult that road really is. So therefore, not a lot of us are going to sit there and go, oh yeah, you're having a hard time, like, best of luck, bud. And then just like, pat you on the back and go on their way. No. Someone in recovery is going to sit there listen to you and help you out especially your sponsor and if they don't fire them get a new one trust me you're not going to regret getting a sponsor that actually cares about you might be rare for some but you just got to keep looking and you also got to see past the frosted glass a lot of people are really great and walking and recovering. Others, well, they need a hand. Often, but not too often. But either way, it's okay to have triggers. It's okay to be tempted. The thing is, you walk through it. You get with someone, you talk about it, you let that anger, sadness, Happiness, you let it out, you show it to the world, or at the very least, yourself, and you'll start making room for growth, and growth comes healing, and with healing comes joy, peace, and serenity, and, well, a bunch of other stuff, but that's for you to find out, and again, if you're not an addict or alcoholic, Listen, just be patient, be understanding, please. This is a very difficult task for basically everyone that's in it. If they're saying they don't have it tough every now and then, they're lying. Probably, at least in my opinion, because nothing is completely rainbows and fairy dust bullshit. Uh, life is good, life is bad. Life is great, life can suck. That's the thing about recovering. We gotta learn to re-feel our feelings. And feeling happy again after being scared for so long, so angry, so alone, that, that was extremely difficult to walk through. But you know what? I can laugh again and mean it. And it's great. But it was scary. But these triggers came back. They showed their ugly face. And 
because of the program I was in, I was able to figure out how best to walk through them. It's going to be different for everyone, whether you walk through it easy, difficult, you come out on the other side with scrapes, cuts and bruises, maybe a broken bone, but hey, you made it, right? Remember, it's always one more day above the roses. Keep that mentality. And sometimes it's just one hour or five minutes at a time. Now, I do want to save this last little portion for, well, a select country, if you will. So, if you think I know where I'm going to say, I bet you don't. <laughs> the reason why is because Poland is the second largest viewer of Retrieving Sanity. So, to anyone over in Poland, I hope you are doing fantastic. If you're not, reach out. But if you're from Poland, leave a like, leave a comment, and everyone else, eh, you can pass on this one. It's okay. So, with this being said, know your triggers, learn to walk through them, be there for each other, and most importantly, have a good rest of your day. Schlan.